0: Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth about taking a stand for the Savior.
1: How many people want to wash their hands of their decision for Jesus Christ? You cannot wash your hands just like Pilate. God asks you, He says, what do you say about Jesus? Should we crucify Him or should we release Him? It is confronting you this morning if you don't know Jesus Christ. The ball's in your court. You have to make that very same decision.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. There are few things worse than being falsely accused. Why? because we want to protect our image. Well, when Jesus was brought up for trial, he accepted the false accusations because he knew the truth was far more important than what man thinks. And today, Pastor Xavier reinforces this simple truth as he takes us back to Matthew chapter 27 for today's challenging message titled, Jesus Tried and Crucified.
1: We see Jesus is delivered to Pilate. The individuals were the members of the Sanhedrin court the leading spiritual leaders of the nation. These were the men that were supposed to know God. These were the men that were supposed to be ready to receive the Messiah. These were the men who were to lead God's people towards God. Notice first Jesus acknowledges his prophetic office as king of the Jews in verse 11. Jesus stood before the governor. The governor asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said to him, It is as you say Jesus never denied that he was a son of God. Jesus never denied he was king of the Jews. Notice Jesus was accused of political crimes in verse 12. It tells us that he was accused by the chief priests. We don't get the record here, but Luke 23, 2 tells us that they accused him of three things. Perverting their nation, sedition forbidding to pay taxes, and he was continually making himself out to be king. As a matter of fact, at one time in John's Gospel, when when Pilate continued to want to just release him, they said, listen, if you release him, we're going to accuse you because you're making yourself out to be a friend of this man who says he's king, and we're going to tell Rome. (laughs) I wonder what was going through Pilate's mind all this time. He was getting heat from the outside, from the Jews, and he was getting a lot more heat by Jesus. You see, Pilate was on trial. And Pilate was making his decision one step at a time. Remember that. We refuse to obey the one little conviction, the one little check, and we feel we have a hold of it, and we keep walking, 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 and all of a sudden, we're dead. We grieve the Spirit of God, we resist the Spirit, and we bring pain to the Spirit to our own detriment, to our own fatal consequences. In verses 15 through 18, Pilate, knowing their true motives, gives them a choice which backfires on him. As their custom was to release a man at the feast, he gave them the choice, this notorious man called Barabbas or Jesus Christ. For Verse 18 says, for he knew that because of envy they had delivered him. Pilate knew the Jews. They knew Pilate. There was a mutual understanding. They didn't like him. He didn't like them. And he knew they were setting him up. They knew they were looking for another opportunity to accuse him, and he was afraid of losing his position. And so, thinking it through, he's saying, Boy, how can I get out of this thing? Now, the Lord has already told him how to get out of it. You understand me? But he's not taking that route. He's taking his own way out. Thinking it is airtight. tight. He says, there's this guy, man, Barabbas, uh, he is an insurrectionist, he is a murderer, John tells us. Surely they will not pick this man over Jesus. I've examined him, there's nothing in him worthy of death. Surely they'll pick Barabbas. Backfire. Be careful of your own little plans, of your own little plotting. I'll do this and that, and then no. Be careful. airtight. It'll blow in your face, man. The Bible says, be sure of one thing. Your sin will find you out. There is such a caution in our lives as God pursues us over and over and over again. One of the greatest mistakes that you and I can make is to think because God has not taken action upon me because of disobedience, that He doesn't care. Or that I'm the exception. Or that sin really doesn't keep me from God. That's deception. It is only God's grace and His care for me, waiting for me to repent. But there comes a time when God says, no more. And then the Bible says He chastens us and He disciplines us. And He brings consequences to our life. Look around you in the Christian community. I'm sure you're aware of many who have brought terrible consequences upon their life being Christians. And they have sacrificed so much knowing the better. We are to learn not only from Scripture, but from the lives of individuals who tragically have disobeyed and have brought terrible consequences on their life. The Scriptures in the New Testament are very clear. Everything was written for our admonition, for our learning, that we might not come to these very same things and very same places and very same consequences. Not that we might criticize them, but that we might learn from them. Unless we come to the very same place. In verse 19, Pilate is warned by his wife. She says, hey, don't have anything to do with this just man. I had a dream, man. Bad night. There's another check. People argue, was this of God or not? I don't know. I'll leave it up to you. But it was a warning either way. And so the result in verses 20 down to 23 is that the religious rulers move the crowds Here we see the spiritual influence of corrupt leaders. Verses 20 down to 23. They persuaded the multitude that they should ask for Barabbas. Pilate once again asked, which of the two do you want me to release you? Hoping they would say Jesus, but they said Barabbas. And Pilate said, what then shall I do with Jesus who is called the Christ? That all of them said to him, let him be crucified. Pilate desired to release him, Luke 23, 20 says, over and over and over again. But he would not. Then the governor said, Why, what evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, saying, Let him be crucified. No way out. But there was a way out, wasn't there? On the physical realm... On the political agenda, no way out. If I don't crucify Jesus, they're going to report me, I'm gone. If I crucify him, man, and if Rome doesn't inquire, I'm at it. And yet, his fear of losing his position, his love for his own prominence, force his hand because he is trying to preserve and protect himself. It's amazing what people will do for themselves at the expense of others. Which shows you that the strongest love that we have in the natural realm, the fallen state, is not love for others, but love for self. When people tell you that man is basically good, they don't understand man. And they're not really being good observers of man. If man is so good, why do we have so many wars? If man is so good, why do kids drive by and shoot babies and carriages and bicycles and innocent bystanders with shootouts? If man is so good, why do we have the problems we have? Man isn't good, he's evil. He has a bent towards evil and he has potential for good. Seldom, but it's there. But his bend is towards evil. The third movement begins in verses 24 through 31. Jesus is condemned to death by Pilate. Notice first that Pilate attempts to wash his hands in innocency in verse 24. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that a tumult was raising, he took water and washed his hands, and before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. Two things. First of all, he borrowed from the tradition even of the Jews in Deuteronomy 21 1 through 10. It speaks about if they found a man who would murder in the field and there was dead there, they would come out, measure the closest city, they would grab the elders of that city, they would inquire, Do you know the death of this man? They say, No. And then they would wash their hands over the body and all that. They would be innocent. But Pilate was not innocent. He just said for himself, This man is innocent. He's a just man, and yet he condemns him. He says, I'm washing my hands of this deal. How many people want to wash their hands of their decision for Jesus Christ? How many people want to wash their hands about their sinful lifestyle and are even trespass in the Lord when they're in Christ, thinking that, oh, well, it's okay. You cannot wash your hands just like Pilate. God asks you, he says, what do you say about Jesus. Should we crucify Him or should we release Him? And you have to make that choice. You cannot wash your hands of that decision. It is confronting you this morning if you don't know Jesus Christ. You have only one of two choices. It's Jesus or Barabbas. Now it's your opportunity. You cannot be a critic. Now the ball's in your court. You have to make that very same decision. It would seem to alleviate temporary guilt, but not lasting guilt. For you know the truth. Notice the people blaspheme, actually, very flippantly. It's a form of blasphemy, but very flippantly. They took the blame and the consequences without recognizing the true cause in verse 25. All the people answered and said, His blood be on us and on our children. What an awesome statement. Acts 5, 28, we see that again. Jesus had just prophesied in Matthew 24 about the destruction of Jerusalem. He warned them, those who saw the armies around Jerusalem, to flee. They didn't even understand the consequences. How we live our lives, we're out there, we have choices. Well, you know, and you're going to make choices. And we say, well, yeah, it's okay, it's worth it. Let's go for it. And we don't understand the consequences. How many young people are destroying their lives today? They're out there and everybody's drinking, so they drink. And they go out on a Friday night. Well, you know, I just... And they end up getting killed. A young lady goes out on a date and she's been pressured to have sex over and over again. She's held out, but she says, oh, well, what the heck, everybody's doing it. And she catches AIDS, or she gets pregnant the very first time. Or she loses her purity. She has to live with that. You don't realize the consequence down the road. It'll never affect me. And then, five years down the road, they get married, and then they find out how that sin does affect them five years down the road into their marriage. It's so easy to say, yeah, I'll take it on right now. No big deal. Let's go for it. I'm single. I'm only concerned about me. But all of a sudden, you come into a married relationship. Then how does it affect you? How does it affect your mate? What does it do to your relationship? You see, flippantly, we make decisions that can devastate us in the future. No water will wash it away, only the blood of Jesus Christ. Only the blood of Christ. And so Pilate delivers Jesus to be scourged in verse 26. He released Barabbas to them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. The cat of nine tails was applied here. The manner of scourging was terrible. Isaiah 52, 13 through 14 says that his visage was so marred, he was not recognized as a man. When they, usually we picture Jesus up on the cross with a little bit of blood down his brow and a little blood on his side. But Isaiah 52, 13 and 14 describes Jesus as not being able to be recognized as a man. Do you understand what I'm saying? When they took that whip, cat of nine tails, they had leather thongs and they had Bone embedded, had glass, had lead pieces embedded on it. And they would bend a man over a pole this way, so that he's bent over his back, as arch. They would hit over his shoulders and then across his ribcage. Every time a lash would be given, those, that glass, the lead, and the bones would embed and tear the skin. Lungs would be exposed. Ligaments would be severed. Most people died under the scourging. They never made it to the cross. Forty lashes were to be given according to the Jewish law. If they wanted to be merciful, they would give you thirty-nine. As the Romans scourged the man, they would have a chronicler next there, and if he, they gave him one stripe. If he confessed to a sin or a crime, then the next one would be less in pain or in terms of harshness. But if he did not, Then he would receive the next one in its full weight. Jesus could not confess because he had no sin. He had no crime. He received the ultimate lashes with the ultimate force. He did that for you and for me. Absolutely. Because he was becoming sin for us upon the cross. Now you talk about love. You talk about somebody laying down their life. You look at Jesus. He was without sin. He took my place, he took yours. The soldiers mocked Jesus, verses 27 through 30. The soldiers and the governor took Jesus to the praetorium. The praetorium was there the governor's headquarters at the Antonius Fortress. Remember Paul the Apostle in Philippians 1.13 says, By the way, some of the praetorium guard has come to Christ. <laughs> These were the elite of Rome. The elite soldiers. It says there, and they gathered the, go- the whole garrison around him. A garrison was a cohort. A cohort was six hundred men, one tenth of a legion. Six hundred men. Roman soldiers, especially the Praetorium, were the, the elite and the cruelest. They were professionals, in torture, in mockery, in everything. Six hundred men. And Jesus was brought before them. They stripped him. They put a scarlet robe upon him. And this is a little cloak that uh, military generals use in kings as mockery. They twisted a crown of thorns. And the word for crown there is Stephanos. It means a victor's crown. In mockery. But see, what they didn't realize is they were putting the curse upon his head. Because you go back to Genesis 3, 17 and 18. What was the result of the curse? One aspect of it, thorns and thistles. He was bearing the very curse of the fall upon his head because Romans 8 says not only has he redeemed you and I, but he has redeemed the world. When he comes back, he's going to turn it back to what it used to be. He was bearing the curse of the creation upon himself. They gave him a reed in his right hand as a scepter of a king, mocking him. Mocking his authority, his power. They bowed the knee in mockery and lack of respect. They said, Hail, King of the Jews, thinking that he had no power at all. And that in fact, he was no king. Then they spat on him, and they took the reed and struck him on the head. They were indifferent, and they disdained him. An awesome scene, isn't it? When you consider it was God they were doing this to. It's bad enough when we hear something in the news, when we hear some atrocity of some person being just mutilated, and we say, this man must be sick. But when you consider what they did, and it was the Son of God who they did it to, the one who came to redeem them and to die for them, that magnifies the love of God for us, doesn't it? Finally, Jesus was led to be crucified in verse 31. And when they had mocked Him, they took the robe off Him, put His own clothes on Him, and they led Him away to be crucified. Not a pretty trial, is it? But a trial nevertheless. You could change that trial in your own life. You can correct what you see wrong here. Put yourself in Judah's place. Put yourself in Pilate's place. Put yourself in the religious ruler's place. Put yourself in the people's place. Put yourself in the soldier's place. And then it's up to you what you're going to do with Jesus. You can do what they each did and be lost forever. Or you can make the right decision and live forever. The choice is yours. Not Jesus' choice, not my choice, but yours. If you don't know Jesus Christ, then you are on trial this morning. And you have to make a decision about Jesus Christ. Interesting that Judas Iscariot used to pilfer the box, used to steal from the treasury. He lived for money. But what good did it do? He lost the 30 piece of silver they gave him, a little bit over $20. What will you sell out Jesus for? A lottery ticket? A million bucks? Pilate was afraid to lose his position. But in 10 years... He lost it anyway, and he was exiled, he committed suicide. What is it that you're trying to grab onto that you say, I'm never going to let it go? You've got it? You're going to lose it anyway. You're ultimately going to lose it. I guarantee you. If you reject Jesus Christ. Because you cannot hang on to anything that you put before Jesus Christ. But if you let it go, he may give it to you in return. He may not. But once you have Jesus, that other thing won't matter. It won't matter at all. You know, like the baby that's got this thing, and you know, you want it, and you're trying to tear it off. Ah! But then you get a can, you put it in a huh. he gets caught up with the can, let's go to the other thing. <laughs> if Jesus takes something from you, he always gives you back something a lot better. A lot better. But here we are, no, I want my rattle, I want my rattle. He wants to take what hurts you, man. Or you can be like the soldiers thinking they really had the power and the right to do what they did. Accountable to nobody. And yet everyone will stand before God and they will give an account. You may be a mocker. You may make your jokes. Maybe you're a Judas. Maybe you're a religious person. Maybe you're a person of prominence like Pilate or maybe you're just the people following the crowd, or maybe you're one of these soldiers a mocker then the choice is yours I pray that you make the right decision it will affect your entire eternity if you choose to walk in your own way then you will never see God if you choose to repent and turn to Him you will see nothing but God And he will walk with you, he will cleanse you, he will comfort you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, that's a tremendous offer. And no one can give you that except for Jesus Christ.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth about our position in Jesus. And you can request a copy of today's important study from the Gospel of Matthew called Jesus Tried and Crucified. And as always, it's available on CD for just $4. And this message contains what Pastor Xavier shared with us last time as well. The title to ask for once again is Jesus Tried and Crucified. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please, don't forget to include the call letters of this station when you contact us. To the Christian, the cross is a symbol of life, even though it was designed as an instrument of death. Learn more when you join Pastor Xavier Reese for the next edition of Simple Truths.